Feeling blue, what do you do? We got stories to see you through that time of the month, that time of the month. Need a fix? Come get your kicks. We got tales by kooky chicks that time of the month, that time of the month. When I was in fourth grade, my mother came up with an idea for my brother and I to dress up for school. One night at dinner, Andrew and I were instructed to wear dress shoes and church clothes once a week. Mom taught high school in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., and I think she was alarmed at the fashion standards of public school kids. This was 1979. Tough boys in Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin concert t-shirts and sexy girls with painted on Jordache and Gloria Vanderbilt jeans must have really done a number on her. So she planned a different path for her two boys, 10 and eight at the time. That night at the dinner table, my stomach dropped out from under me and I glanced at my father to somehow overturn this bizarre, humiliating sentence. Dad avoided looking at me the same way jurors avoid eye contact with the accused <laughs> after a guilty verdict has been reached. My brother seemed unfazed, maybe even thought it was a good idea. Of course, it's fine to be different if you're cool, and he was. He already had every girl's attention in our school. This dress-up experiment would just be another facet of his growing seduction repertoire. My only hope for appeal was with my mother, who is German. She came to this country for college when she was 18. Her accent doesn't have a lilt. When you hear her speak, it's reminiscent of the scenes in movies where fugitive Jews are asked for their papers. Mom was born while a world war raged around her, and bombs were dropped on her home city night after night for years. She grew up in the destroyed remains. She knows what it is like to be hungry and to be cold. She has traded gloves for eggs. She has eaten horses slaughtered for food. Convincing her that wearing church clothes to school was some sort of cruel fate I didn't like my chances. <laughs> Plus, my mother's approach to parenting was straightforward and unilateral. Children are terrorists, and you don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> my kids today, little child pharaohs that they are, question every parenting decision I make. <laughs> I wouldn't have dared. So my mother's decision to have her sons dressed like Little Lord Fauntleroy was final. <laughs> Despite the clear fact that her misguided attempt at character building was an engraved invitation for someone to kick my ass. 
I'm not saying I lived in a rough area. It was more that my generation was completely unsupervised and all parents worked outside the home, which meant the area between our house and school was essentially a giant prison yard. prison yard patrolled by stone teenage boys in souped up Camaros or Chevy Novas or the king of the mall, a black trans with a firebird on the hood. If those bored teens weren't getting laid, and in looking back at pictures I'm certain that was the case, the only available pleasure was inflicting pain on the small and the weak. For kids my age in the late 70s, there was a horror show all around us. And teenage boys were somehow the agents of this menace. Pixie sticks were filled with cocaine. In hindsight, an incredibly implausible theory. Seriously, you'd lie to your best friend before sharing it. You're gonna give it away to kids? Rough kids regularly put M80s in dogs' buttholes. Satanic rituals, the same kind practiced by Jimmy Page and Ozzy Osbourne, were happening in nondescript ranch houses. Predators were living in vans and stealing kids from 7-Eleven parking lots. Every time I left the house, navigating this world of danger, where the law was set by psychotic, sexually frustrated teenage boys, was possible only by following a few rules. Move in packs, look like everyone else around you, no eye contact. There was a standard uniform that was okay for looking like everyone around you. Levi's jeans or corduroys, sneakers and a t-shirt. A Redskins jacket was okay for colder days. Hair was supposed to be parted in the middle and feathered back. <laughs> Comb in back pocket. As boys, we were hyper-aware of even small differences to this fashion code. Hair parted on the side, gay. <laughs> Dress slacks, gay. <laughs> Collared shirt, sure, if you're a pussy. <laughs> Wearing church clothes to school was outrageous. It meant displaying Liberace levels of flamboyance. <laughs> When the dreaded morning of dress-up day arrived, I got up early. I tucked my house key on the shoelace around my neck into what looked like a blouse. <laughs> I didn't own a lot of church clothes, so I put on a powder blue jacket and matching pants. I left off the vest of this three-piece ensemble, but there was no way to make this look okay. I tied my highly polished brown leather shoes from JCPenney. I walked to school with my brother who was cheerfully oblivious to my state of panic. 
We were early out the door and slipped by the houses of the boys on our cul-de-sac. No safety patrols were on duty. We crossed the bridge on the main road. The one that ran over the creek below filled with Schlitz beer cans faded from the sun and indeterminate plastic flotsam. We arrived under cover of darkness. I sat down at my desk with my shoes tucked under my chair, trying to scuff them and take off the polish. A full hour before anyone else arrived, I had the corners of my desk in my hands, braced for what was to come, rigid with shame, sweat trickling down my back. I'm not sure why I thought that having my shoes tucked under my chair was going to make me invisible to my classmates. It did not. When the first boy arrived, it took him a matter of 30 seconds to notice the interruption in the pattern. But he was one of the nice ones and didn't say anything. Pretty sure he was Mormon. <laughs> More kids followed. Eyes flicked over me. Books were put away. Lights came on. And the noises of school before the t teacher arrives built. The voices that I most feared approached. I could hear them in the hall. At this point in my life, I had not yet been punched in the face. But the idea of it seemed like a humiliation that would expose all the things that I wasn't. And in this morning, a logical outcome for the terrible sin of dressing fancy. Some guys I know as adults will occasionally confide they have never been in a fight, and it worries them. My experience has been that the fear of being punched in the face is far worse than being punched in the face. The handful of times it has happened, I've had the same exact thought. I always imagined it would hurt worse than this. In the classroom that morning, the punch was coming. I knew it. I heard the mob behind me and then the sound of my name. What are you wearing? came the voice, the leader and snickering came from the other boys. Seriously, Lavy, what are you wearing? <laughs> My throat almost closed. I was trying hard not to cry. I turned, stared at the floor, and mumbled the simple explanation that my parents were making me wear these clothes. With the terrible sword of judgment in his hand and over my neck, he stared at me, curiously, then delivered his verdict. That sucks, he said. <laughs> oh well, who's up for playing checkers? <laughs> now you heard, go spread the word. They're funny, smart, and so absurd. Happens every month. It's the neatest storytelling at its sweetest.